Sometimes when you know something is coming, you can get ready for it. Take snowstorms, for instance. Nowadays, if there's going to be more than an inch or two, there's breathless coverage on the local news, sometimes for days. It's almost like they even have a template for it. Every meteorologist works, even if they're all basically saying the same things. They send a reporter to the local public works garage to do a stand-up piece in front of machinery, snowplows and the like, and they also love to shoot video of piles of sand and salt, which are used, you know, to treat the roads. And then once the snow actually starts, there's a reporter on the highway, which hopefully is empty, talking about the horrible road conditions, or maybe they have them set up at one of the rest stops so they can catch people coming off the road to ask how things are. And sometimes they add the traffic reporter driving along the slippy roads with an in-car camera so they can actually show them sliding around the side streets and the off-ramps. And always, if they can get a reporter getting snowed on and blown around by the wind, that's like, that's gold for them. I'm guessing that something similar happens in places where the biggest weather issue is something other than snow, but snow is the big one here, so that's what we get. But the other night, Susie and I were faced with a potential disaster that came with no warning. And there was no sense of how long the calamity would last. Our internet went out. It happened not with a bang, but with a frozen picture on the TV where I was streaming the Yankees game. And Susie's iPad stopped at the same time, so this was clearly a thing. Oh well, it happens once in a while. We would just reset the Wi-Fi and everything would be fine. Because anything technological, that's how it always happens. You reboot it or you unplug it or you hit Control-Alt-Delete and that fixes everything, right? So Susie went upstairs, hit the appropriate buttons, and sure enough, a few minutes later, the little Wi-Fi symbol showed up on our iPads, which meant everything was going to be fine. Except it still didn't work. Okay, this was going to be a problem. How long was it going to last? How long would we have to watch regular TV? I mean, how long would we go without being able to scroll Twitter endlessly so as to not miss anything? How were we possibly going to watch Andrew Scott and the Three Kings from the old Vic Theater in London? Well, as it turns out, that one got postponed until next week because he got sick. So that wasn't going to be an issue. And, you know... I had to ask, when does the customer service line for our provider open in the morning so I could call to have this problem solved as soon as possible? I mean, this was, this was, this was bad, folks. They needed to get on this. I mean, the horror of it all, the absolute horror. All joking aside, for all of the frivolous things it lets you do and all of the, we'll keep it simple and call it bad stuff, the internet is a valuable source of information, and people need it, and it's information that may never have been accessible otherwise. But it's not all that accessible to everyone, which I think people are forgetting a little bit when we're talking about reopening the schools. I am definitely not in the camp of who cares if the horse is blind or there's a pandemic out there, just load the kids in the wagon and send them to school, but when high-speed and frequently wireless internet 
is so easy to get for so many people, including us, again, to the point where I can joke that it was a disaster, that we might lose it for a time. I do wonder how much recognition there is of poor or rural areas where that's not the case, or there aren't as many devices as the kids may need to get as proper schooling they can get while they're at home, if that's what winds up happening. I say this as a person who grew up in upstate New York, in a place that wasn't poor by any stretch, but it was rural enough that it didn't have cable TV until the mid-1990s, and where cell phone service even now is still spotty. So even though the internet at my parents' house is perfectly fine, it's not really hard for me to imagine that internet capacity not being available in a place like that. And again, I I wonder how much people are thinking about that and what they plan on doing about it. But enough of that serious stuff like educating children. What was going to become of us if we didn't have the internet, or at least the wireless? I did a little sleuthing, also known as turning off the Wi-Fi on my phone so I could get the internet through my cell service and then searching on Twitter, and I found out it was a large-scale outage. It wasn't just our Wi-Fi connection. It wasn't just our stuff. Apparently, it was pretty widespread. In a way, that actually felt pretty good because I hoped that meant it would be something that they were working on, and sure enough, it came back in like 15 to 20 minutes. So the crisis, and since you can't see me, Note the finger quotes around crisis averted. So this brings us to the end of this week's tale. If you want to hear any of the other installments, you can listen on Apple Podcasts, Anchor, Spotify, Radio Public, Pocket Casts, Google Podcasts, Breaker, and Overcast. And I also post all these on my blog, which is billswritingplace.wordpress.com. And if you want to see what else I'm up to, you can check out the blog. And I'm also on Twitter and Instagram at at a underscore silly underscore place. Thanks for listening, and I'll talk to you again next week.